0: Hey. Oh, hey, who had a good week this week? Anyone? Awesome. God spoke to you. Something changed in your life? That's what we want to see, isn't it, hey? Um, and God wants to speak to us. God wants to speak to us. He wants us to be alive. So last week, uh, Pastor David was talking and he's he talking in a way that it's like this personal relationship with God and it's so real. Now, we might not be called to heaven or have Jesus visit us physically, but God has given us a way to have this communication with him that is so exciting, in fact, it's so amazing that each and every one of us as believers can hear from God and know his voice. And this month we're looking at new. That's basically what we've been looking at, new. New Creations was our first session where we were talking about the soul, the spirit, and the body, the three different things. And David talked about that last week. Pastor David, as he spoke, he was saying about how our spirit man's born again, which is what we looked at. That's the person that we are, the real us, was born again, made brand new. Why did that need to happen? Because we were dead. We were dead in our sins. As soon as Adam sinned against God, Adam and Eve grabbed that fruit, ate it, it separated them from God. So when we say our spirit's dead, it doesn't mean that it's not there anymore, it doesn't exist, but the word dead meaning we are now separated from the source of life, which was God. And the message was this, that each and every one of us must be born again, made new in our spirit if we want to be alive to God, which is what it is. So we who were dead in trespasses and, sin, trespasses and sins are now made alive to God through faith in Christ. And we have a problem. We still have our soul which has been immersed in this world that we live in that has certain ways of thinking and and we need to be able to change that and it's the word of God that begins to change that, the washing of the water of the word. In other words, there's all this stuff that we think that we know that is actually not really truth. and God's word is there to expose it to us and take away the lie and actually renew our soul. Also, our flesh still has those feelings, you know, we're like, we still feel like doing certain things. And the Bible talks about crucifying the flesh. Does that mean we go every day and we nail ourselves to a cross like they do in the Philippines sometimes? You know, you see at Easter and they're all nailed themselves to the cross as though this is going to make me holy and close to Jesus. That is not crucifying the flesh. What crucifying the flesh means is that now we are considering that our flesh is dead. In other words, we don't just do whatever we want anymore, We have to do what God wants. Here we have a problem. How do I know what God wants? How do I know what God wants me to do? How do I know how to live in this life? Because if the old way of thinking, our soulish realm thinks like this, basically, if I'm good, God will love me. But we want to change that if I'm good, meaning that I've got to try really hard to be good. There's a law that's around that that tells me what's right and wrong and for me to be accepted by God, I have to do the right thing and not do the wrong thing. However, this is why it's so important that we have to be born again. If we were separated from God, we couldn't hear Him properly, right? Does that make sense? I mean, I don't know about you, but... If Joe went to Melbourne and I tried to tell her to come and see me, she probably wouldn't hear me unless I had a telephone. And I don't know if any of you ever remember the old song, Glory Telephone, do you remember that? Telephone to Glory? Oh, Joy Divine? That's nah, it's old, really old, it's a gospel song. But basically what it was saying was, pick up the phone and call God, <laughs> you know. Because he's there, he's waiting to hear from you. And that's what it's like. So we feel that God's far off, but how can he be close at the same time? Because we know God's in heaven, right? Sure, he's everywhere. Where's Jesus? He's in heaven too. The Bible says he's seated at the right hand of the Father. He's coming back again, so he's somewhere. Well, then how does God speak to us? How can this God who's so distant speak to me now that I've become alive to God again, that I can actually hear from him, how does he speak to me? Well, the answer is that he's left us the Holy Spirit that lives in us. Now, you all know that probably. Maybe not. Maybe you're a new Christian and you've never heard, what is this Holy Spirit? The first message I heard was that I can actually come alive to God, but now how does he speak to me? How is he close? Can you imagine what it would be like if Jesus hadn't gone? Imagine if, like, you might think this way sometimes. Gee, it'd be awesome if Jesus was here still, wouldn't it? You know, I could just go and see him and uh, go and touch his hands and he'd heal me, he'd make me whole. I could ask him questions and he could give me an answer. How many people would love to be able to do that? Raise your hand really high. Okay, so in this place here, maybe we have 50 or 60 people. <laughs> they would think, yeah, I can do, I'd love to do that. Just walk up to Jesus, shake his hand and say, Jesus, so glad to meet you. Now imagine that. Multiply that by the churches in Darwin this morning, and we might have a couple of thousand people. Yeah, I'd love to do that. Multiply that by the territory. Multiply that by Australia. Multiply that by the world, and you'd have like billions of people lining up to see Jesus. Who's going to meet Jesus today? You might be on the end of the line. You know, number nine billion five hundred and whatever million. However numbers go. (laughs) But there's lots of people in this world. I don't know if you knew that. There's heaps. And you're just one of them. And so it's sort of like, well, Jesus came to earth and, yeah, I'd love to be able to meet him and know him and and talk to him about what does God want me to do, but it's not possible, is it? You think about it, it, it would be great. You know, what if Jesus could address the... UN, that would be awesome. Everything would change. You know, the world would be saved. You know that Jesus, when he left this earth, his followers ran away from him. He'd done all these miracles and amazing things, but even they deserted him. Let's look at a verse about this. Our first verse that we're going to look at today, if you've got your Bible, please look it up. If you don't, there's Bibles at the back. Still one there. I'm gonna put some more up there that you can take. You can you can use every week if you want to. Is it John 13, 33? I think. Is that correct? Actually <laughs> he's gonna bring it up. I probably didn't prime her to do that. It should be open already. Look at that. So this is Jesus talking. And he's saying this, dear children, I will be with you only a little while longer. And as I told the Jewish leaders, you will search for me, but you can't come where I am going. Jesus is warning the disciples, hey, there's a time that I'm going to have to leave. Now imagine how threatened you'd feel if you were one of those disciples. You'd be like, oh, wait a minute. Jesus, how can you possibly go? Like, haven't you got more work to do? Isn't there more things to be done here on earth? Let's put up the next one, Ashley. And look at this. And I will ask the Father... And he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads you into all truth. An advocate, the Holy Spirit. It's the one who actually comes into us and live, lives with us, and he helps us to communicate with the Father. Next slide. Is it the truth? The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognise him, but you know him because he lives with you and now and later will be in you. No, I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. This is Jesus saying to them, I'm going to give you some comfort, guys. I'm leaving, but I am going to send another one. And the Holy Spirit is known as one who, who sticks right with you. He's one that's with you and he is exactly the same as Jesus. Now, we have this amazing opportunity. Being born again has allowed the Holy Spirit to come and live in us. Why is that? Because our spirit, our true us, our true self, is made holy and righteous. And so we now become this dwelling place for God. The Holy Spirit comes and lives in us. You see, in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit was with them, which is what Jesus was saying then. So the Holy Spirit was with them. But now, because I'm going to go to the Father and I'm going to send another one, then you're going to have someone who lives in you. Can you see the difference there? That we're going from someone who's with you to someone who's in you. God himself with you, but now living in you. And let's go to the next slide. John 16, 7. But in fact, it is best for you that I go away. Because if I don't, the advocate won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. Christians, we are not abandoned. When Christ left this earth, he didn't leave us alone. He said, now I'm going to send you another who is exactly like me in every single way and he will live in you. This is a power that we have to understand God. What does it mean? It means one another of exactly the same kind. In other words, he is going to be just like Jesus. So, to take the place of Jesus, there's a few things that he must be. He must be divine. He must give glory to God, the Father. He must teach and instruct us. He must guide and encourage us. And he must reveal what God has given to Jesus. Why is it important? Because if we're Christians, we want to know what God has for us, don't we? It's important because all that is being given to Jesus, this is saying, has been given to us. We have everything that we need. And if Jesus didn't go away saying, then I would not be able to send this Holy Spirit that can reveal God to you, that can show you my promises, can make them feel, like, feel so secure in, them, in your heart... Because now you know who I am because I am in you. I am sticking right beside you, another exactly of the same kind as Jesus was living inside of us. So when you become a Christian, you become a new creation. Your spirit is made alive to God. And what does that mean? You are no longer separated from God. You are brought close to God. And everything that God has given us includes the name of Jesus to use. Everything that he has is being given to us to use. So we can use his name when the devil comes to attack us. You see, you don't need a priest to come around if you feel like you're under attack in your home. It's helpful to call someone who's who's wise in the word and, and believes in God's power. But what God is saying, you have every spiritual blessing Every spiritual blessing belongs to each one of you. You are joint heirs with Jesus Christ. Now, I don't know if you know what that means. An heir just means someone who gets everything that someone else gets when there's an inheritance to be passed on. That means that you have everything that Jesus had. You are not Jesus, but Jesus said, now I've given you authority. Why? Because the Father has given me authority. Everything that I have, I've given to you through the Holy Spirit, including my name, the name of Jesus. So you have every right, now that you are born again, to use the name of Jesus with confidence and authority in your life. Well, let's just do that. It doesn't matter if you become a Christian one day ago or if you're a Christian ten years in the future, so amazing and powerful, the name of Jesus has been given to you right now, the very moment that you accepted Jesus Christ in your life. That name was given to you to use on this earth to have authority and power over Satan and the works of the enemy. You have been given all these things because Christ died and he sent another, the Holy Spirit, to you. John 14, 17 says this, He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him, we're going back to that verse, and doesn't recognise him but you know him because he lives in you now and later will be in you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads you into what? Old truth. And the truth that comes from God is not always what we think in our minds. Is it? In fact, this morning we have a testimony from Ashley about a lady who's like, you know, I didn't put salt in the dinner so therefore I'm a horrible person. Wait a minute. Is that truth? Has that been revealed by the Holy Spirit to that person? Or is that something that's been a stronghold in their mind? Maybe in the past they've been ridiculed for something that they didn't do and they felt worthless. It's like, you know, you forgot to do something, you're useless. Have you ever heard that? You're an idiot. You're a fool. You're no good. You're hopeless. I've heard that at times from people. And those things can cut very deep into your soul. This is what we're talking about, soul healing. That those things grab hold and they create strongholds in your mind and all of a sudden that's where your mind goes automatically. Yeah, I am an idiot. I'm hopeless. Maybe I should just kill myself. Come on. It goes that deep, doesn't it? I've been in that place where a tree looked very inviting to drive into. Because of a stronghold in my mind, because of rejection in my life, that I felt maybe I just may as well not be here. And I'm sure I'm not the only one. (laughs) I'm sure I'm not the only one. It might not be as severe as that. I never would have done it. But those thoughts come in, don't they? Satan uses anything. Well, maybe I'm just not good enough for anyone to love me. Maybe I'm not smart enough. Maybe I'm not pretty enough. That's a good song, that one, isn't it? I'm pretty. (laughs) But that's how it works, you see. Satan grabs hold of your mind and he tells you a lie. And this is why the Holy Spirit speaking to us is so important. He speaks through the Word so often to us. You see, the Word of God never ever says that about me. There's only one place that I know that the word declares so clearly and loudly that you're a fool. A fool says in his heart, there is no God. And you are a fool. But when you've come to Christ and the Holy Spirit lives in you, you need to grab hold of the word and see what it says about you. Why? Because what we're doing is getting this new me locked into the things of God. What does God say about me? What does God think about me? Even to the effect, I've got nothing to offer, yet the Bible says the Holy Spirit has given to each one a special gift. But God can't use me because I'm not good enough. Who put that in your mind, did God? Did the Holy Spirit come and whisper that to you in your heart? Or is that something that's been formed? Because the Bible tells me that the Holy Spirit has given each one of us a special gift. Each one of us. He also guides us into the truth in relationships, in the way we should act. And the thing is that when the Holy Spirit lives in us, this newness is going to be lived out in a new way of living. And this is what I wanted to talk about today. We are, as Christians, as those people who have been born again, given a new way of living. What does that mean? Let's look at the verse, Romans chapter 7, verse 5 and 6. When we were controlled by our old nature, so before we were born again, sinful desires were at work within us and the law aroused these evil desires that produced a harvest of sinful deeds resulting in death. What does that mean? Has anyone ever seen those ads where there's a guy walking past the wall and there's someone yelling, I think it's 19, 19, 19, 19, 19. And the guy goes, and goes, oh, what's going on there? Looks through the hole and someone pokes him in the eye. It's like 20, 20, 20 is the next cry. But that's what it's like with us, isn't it? Isn't it just like inside of us There's this, I can't walk on the grass, I think I'm going to do it. <laughs> I can't, whatever it is I'm not allowed to do, there's this, this sinful desire. I'm like, well, now I'm being constricted and constrained. This is what the law does with us. This is our old way of living, our old nature. Can you please understand this? We are new creatures in Christ. Our old nature has been put to death. When Jesus died on the cross, our old nature was killed. And we think sometimes that because our soul, our mind, our thinking still says we are that way, that, that is how we are, and so now we're constrained all the time. It's like, even though we're Christians, it's like, I'm a Christian, but I still have to be good. I still have to do the right thing. I still have to act the right way, and you're constrained by the law. This is how it constricts, right? It's like prohibitive in your life. And it's against what you really want to do. But what do we want to do as Christians? We want to please God, don't we? The real us wants to please God. Our spirit man has been born again, made new. New, new, new. It's been alive now to God. Now we have this Holy Spirit living in us and Jesus said, it's better that I went away because now i sent the Holy Spirit living in you. The Bible talks about how the Holy Spirit has joined with our spirit. How close is that? The Holy Spirit has joined with our spirit and so now we're going to enter into a new way of living And this is it. But we've been released from the law for we died to it and are no longer captive to its power. Now we can serve God, not in the old way of obeying the letter of the law, but in the new way of living in the Spirit. Guys, we must live in the Spirit. What does that mean? Does that mean I'm floating around? No. It means that now... We are listening to what the Holy Spirit says to us through relationship with God, through this new spirit man that we are building up. Remember how I talked about that? You know the the biggest dog in your house, if you have three dogs of the same type, same litter, is the one you feed the most. If you are feeding your soul, if you are thinking that the way you think, your intellect is the important thing, my knowledge is the greatest thing, now knowledge is a good thing, I'm talking about knowledge growing in the facts. The more facts, the more facts I have, the better I'll be. Then you're fooling yourself because facts don't change your heart. If you're thinking, if I just follow what I want to do, that's all right. No, you have to feed the spirit man and get into the word of God. And, and one of the biggest things that I'll just say to you and I'll remind you at the end is worship. People who say they cannot hear God really have a terrible worship life. Seriously. It's one of the major things that we need to develop. What do I mean by that? Well, a lot of people say, oh, it doesn't matter, I worship God and everything. You know, in my work, I'm worshipping him. And so I don't need to actually sing to God or declare how great he is. If you decide that you want to follow God, you should be worshipping him. You see the spirit man inside of you wants to. You should be learning how to sing. I don't know how to sing. That's your soul. I don't want to sing. I'm a man. That's your soul, that's your thinking. If you sing, you're not manly. You know, how many people, even blokes, won't go to a kid's movie like Frozen with their kids because that's not man enough? I remember going to High School Musical with my kids. Loved it. Everyone loved High School Musical. (laughs) And you know what? It didn't make me less of a man. Because my security is not in those outward things. It's now in this inward witness that I have the Holy Spirit living in me. You know what I mean? When you know who God is inside of you and you say, you know what, maybe I don't feel like it, maybe I don't sing because I'm a man, I've got a terrible voice. That's great, you don't have to sing out too loud and affect us all. But, you know, at at your house, have you entered into a place of worship? I'm telling you right now, if you think you cannot hear God... You start to worship and after a little bit of time, your spirit is going to get soft to Him. Seriously. I can tell you right now, when I'm spending time in worship, that is when I I hear God's voice more clearly. I feel His presence more deeply. Because as I'm in a place of worship, I'm singing to God and I'm giving myself to Him. Father, You are amazing. You are good. Father, I'm so thankful for everything You've done. And what I'm doing is taking the focus of myself, saying to him, God, you are great, and I'm opening up myself to him. Why? Because I'm extolling him and making him greater than myself. Making him greater than my thinking. Making him greater than my feeling. And sometimes, you know what, when I start worshipping, I'm not really in the mood. It's not like I just... Well, actually, I do wake up wanting to worship, but not all the time. You see, the first time I raised my hands to God... All I could think about was, what's everyone thinking? My soul, my mind, my thinking. What is everyone thinking? And now that's not about anything but my own pride. They might think I'm a fool. What are people thinking of me? And what I'm doing is extolling myself above God, aren't I? You can never enter fully into worship if you have pride. Because it's about you. Even here as we worship in the mornings, wouldn't it be great if we just had that attitude together? I'm I'm sure we do, many of us, maybe not all of us, but I'm here to worship this morning. I'm not here to do church because this is just one part of church. I believe it's very important, this gathering together, but this is one part. And isn't it us coming together as believers and lifting God high drawing the world to him because we're lifting him high, entering in together in unity, and where unity is, God commands the blessing. That's it, right? You know what? I don't always feel like getting up in the morning, even to preach, believe it or not. Some mornings I'm really tired and I'm like, oh God, I don't know if I can do this this morning. Seriously, does that shock you? (laughs) But I go, no, God, this is what you've called me to, and I want to do it, and I'm going to worship you, and I'm going to praise you, and I'm going to enter in. And you know what? Every single time he finds me. Because as I seek God, it says, <laughs> you know, as I as I seek after him, I will find him. But he's always reaching out. Just one other thing, prayer. I just love this. This isn't in our notes on the screen, but have you ever thought about Matthew where, I think it's in Matthew, where Jesus is talking about prayer and he says, don't be like the hypocrites standing on the street and they pray in public so that everyone will love them, instead go into your closet the secret place and your father who's waiting there for you go and read that verse again because this is so powerful, you know when you go to the secret place you know what it said there? Your Father, who is already waiting, is there. Your Father, who is already waiting, is there. He is there waiting for you to pray. So what does that mean? It means that our prayer life is not about us drawing down God from heaven. It says He's already there waiting, ready to move on our behalf, ready to to hear our cries of our hearts. Go and read that scripture because that is powerful, isn't it? We're so often with, with ourselves thinking God's far off, but we're just reading God is here. Why? Because Jesus went away and who came? The Holy Spirit. He's not far from you. He's living inside of you. And he is now speaking to us through the Holy Spirit and this is a new way of living. How does it free us up? This is how it frees us up. When I develop that relationship with God, I walk by the Spirit. What does that mean? It means now, do, does everyone understand we can hear God? Okay? Not only that, he wants to speak to us. All right. But we can hear through prophets, that's great. We can hear through the Word, which is awesome because that's Holy Spirit inspired and the Holy Spirit will grab those words and give them to you when you need them the most. Make sure you read the Word. Make sure you do He can speak to us through visions and dreams. Maybe Jesus might appear to you. But the main way that God speaks to us is through the Holy Spirit. Why? Because he's living inside of us. So every single day you make choices, don't you? You think about it. I bet you, last week, there were times when you said, I shouldn't be doing this. And it wasn't a law. It might even just be, you know, I just need to spend a bit more time at home. Now, that's not a law. I just need to go out and see this person. That's not a law. But there's these little things that come up in your life and you're like, oh, I should do that, and you don't. It's the Holy Spirit whispering to you. Or, or you feel grieved because you've you've yelled at someone, and have been angry, and you shouldn't have been, and you're like, oh man, I shouldn't have done that. But it's not because the law says you shouldn't be angry, it's because you feel grieved in your spirit. This is how the Holy Spirit speaks to us. It's usually what we might call intuition, but with a born-again spirit, it's the God of the universe, living inside of us and guiding us in our everyday decisions. And really, what we want to do is listen to that more. What is God asking me to do? Um, I've told this this uh, this story before, but it, I love telling it because it's just such a powerful image. Okay, a friend of mine with a leather jacket, loved the leather jacket, put it on every day, thought he looked really cool. It was a bit of a you know? Man. <laughs> is it against the Lord to wear a leather jacket, everyone? No. But because he'd been born again and was listening to the Spirit, God spoke to him and said, you need to take that jacket and throw it away because that is defining who you are. Something to get rid of. For me, there was one time at... Um, Indoor cricket, <laughs> believe it or not, of all the places we were playing, and you know, I was batting and got out, but I actually wasn't out. I was like, What? It hit my leg, bounced up, and some bloke caught it, appealed, dump wire, the back, guys, out. Now, is that really horrendous, guys? That's cheating, that's horrible. I mean, he even, you know, he gave this great, yeah, he's out. Everyone appealed, they're all liars. <laughs> and it was so obvious. And I got so angry. I was really, really angry, over-the-top angry. And I was like, you're kidding, blah, blah, blah. Told the umpire off, he's an idiot. (laughs) Oh, well, I couldn't see what happened, so I didn't know. And i That's the point. (laughs) But you know what? That night I gave up indoor cricket. Is that a law because I got angry? No. But God told me through the witness inside of me, Neil, this is not the way you should act. You need to stop right now get out for a while, go back later. But that's weird, right? It's not a law, but it's the Holy Spirit's guiding. What job do I need to do? Where's the peace? Because God wants to guide you. We don't need to wait in a line for 20 years. Finally Jesus. And he goes, oh, it's okay. <laughs> Catch you a bit later. Uh, but I wanted to know what job I want to do. What what should I do? Let the Spirit guide you. Relationships. There's many times in relationships, Um you know, I don't know about you guys, but um, when I dated before I met Joe, I went out with a girl and it just, she's a nice girl, Christian girl, lovely, but inside there's this inward witness, this is not the one for you. Is it a law? But yeah, I'm meant to marry a Christian, tick, nice person, tick. Involved in ministry and in the church, you know, working hard for Christ, tick, inner witness, not the right person. And that meant I had to break it off. Maybe if I was more clued in, I wouldn't have gone out in the first place, I don't know. And I think back then I just thought it would be right, but it wasn't. And each one of us has these moments in their life, don't we? Where you're just like, this just does not feel right. Do you know what that is? You've got a spirit that's now alive to God and God's saying to you, stop. Don't do this. Do this. But it's not a law. It's not written. It's not constrictive. What it's saying is if you follow this leading of the spirit, it's going to lead you into freedom. So I'm married to the most wonderful woman in the earth. Sorry every other lady, but (laughs) it's just the way it is. Sorry about the husband, I'm sure you think the same. And she is. (laughs) She is the most wonderful woman in the earth because she's the one that God wanted me to marry. The Spirit of God speaking to us. You can do it. If you are a Christian, you have every right to hear the voice of God. Why? Because you are born again, your spirit has been made new and you can hear from him. You're not dead, you're not separated. And then Jesus said, I'm going to send another, the Holy Spirit, instead of lining up for 10 years, you can ask me right now. And it takes a little bit of time to recognise that voice. I have to be honest. We don't always know it straight away. How do I know? If you want to learn how to hear the Holy Spirit and make some mistakes by the way on the way, step out in faith in witnessing. There is no better place than when you are stepping out saying, God, today I want to talk to someone about the good news. Help me. Honestly, God loves to get alongside you when you're sharing the kingdom of God with people because he knows you need him there. He knows that you need his voice right now because you're stepping out in faith. That's the other thing. Just step out in faith in an area that maybe you've never stepped out in before. And as I said before, make sure you develop a worship life. Now, if you are a new Christian, you might not know fully how God, good God how good God is, but there's every chance you will because he saved you from your sin and the moment you received him, you felt this release. Don't let that go develop a worship life, I promise you, this is is a promise, that if you develop your worship life, you will hear God far more clearly. Because worship means I'm getting myself out of the way. I'm lifting someone who should be lifted higher, higher in my life. And I'm saying, God, whatever you want, whatever your will, my heart is open. So, Be encouraged, Christian. You are in such a blessed place. You have a spirit that is new, that is now alive to God and you have a Holy Spirit who has given you a new way of living. It's not about do's and don'ts, it's about listening to the witness of the spirit in your life and that is so freeing. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you so much that Lord, you have given us your Holy Spirit and he lives in us. Lord, I just pray in Jesus' name that today you would fill us. Lord, even now, let us feel that presence of the Holy Spirit, Father God, in our lives, that we might know you more, that we might draw upon your strength and listen to you in the name of Jesus Christ.